Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Daly Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamplett and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, well done. Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from to What Culture Wrestling for Daily Wrestling Podcast, where we not only review uh, AW Dynamite, but also baby, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT, oh! pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a mega quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Hamlet Sidgwick to look ahead to tonight's AEW Dynamite and a world title match, Michael Sidgwick. John Moxley defending the AEW world title against Penta. Look, he was walking through the parking lot that time, eh? <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. I have seen some contrived WWE segments in my day where people are simply summoned. I've seen in backstage segments and promos, and it's of course they're there. It's so convenient that they're there. I've seen a million, too bloody many, AEW backstage promos in which the rival of the subject being interviewed is just there. <laughs> just hovering about, just waiting to get their say in. I'm a farce, and I'm sick of it, <laughs> and I hate them, and this is worse. <laughs> this was the worst thing that John Moxley's done in AEW, and he still had a funny line at the end because he's John Moxley. What's happened here is that Penta El Zero Miedo has had this rave-reviewed match in AAA, and did you see the picture of him? Oh, my God. Yeah. Dinosaur, my God. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're on the... Oh, my God. Oh, okay. my God. Right. right. Is that one for future reference? Oh, my God. Right. Well, hang on. Because we need that for the game later. Yeah, she's on my twice. Oh, so you got two of my God buttons. Yes, because yeah. I needed that for the quiz on, on WrestleCup the other week. I just skip... All oh, right, okay. Oh, that's my train of bloody thought. Yeah. Anyway. Could you suppose you could describe that as a... Teachable moment! Teachable moment! Yeah, you could teach yourself not to put two f***ing buttons... <laughs> For the same thing and sw- keep swapping the buttons around. <laughs> teach yourself. Teach yourself that. Congratulations, you taught yourself. Well, you haven't yet, so maybe in the fu- maybe in the future, maybe in the future. Oh, gone early. <laughs> maybe maybe in the future you could do that. <laughs> it looked really cool when like he was holding the mask and his face was half falling yes. off because the blood had seeped underneath his ripped off mask and he was topless and it was like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, and it killer. was and it was like, oh my god. Finally, there's, there's the guy you wanted them to sign and at last. <laughs> Lucha Underground Penta for five seconds. Yes. So I want to see Lucha Underground Penta for 12 minutes. Yeah. John Moxley. I think the whole idea is... Oh, right. my God. Is that it? There. I was talking. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Is that it there? <laughs> I'm talking oh, here. I'm sure the listeners will be able to see that, Wilborn. Is that the one he's talking about? It's, Jesus. It's, yeah, Google that. Do an audio, dis- no, do an audio description. Yeah, his, his mask's off, hanging off. He's got uh, he's covered in blood. It's on his Instagram, uh, Penta Zero Miedo, if you want to go and check that out. It's... Insane, yeah, completely justified. Sorry, it's like he's holding Villano Four's head rather yeah. than just his mask. Yes, yeah. that's, yeah. that's, that's a, a thank you for that evocative description, <laughs> Michael Hamflit. My God, anyway, Whoa, look at that. So that got loads of raves. It was the coolest picture of Penta you've ever goddamn yeah. seen. And I think they want a little bit of that buzz, mm. and that's why the match is happening. It bode well for the quality of the match if this is how they're setting it up, but ultimately. I want to see a bloodbath. I haven't seen a good John Moxley bloodbath in a while. I've seen some great John Moxley matches. He didn't really get the. He didn't gig himself particularly well in the juice match. I think he tried. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to see double juice. I want to <laughs> see just an absolutely intense, chaotic brawl, just loaded with just fight me. I'm going to kill your energy. Just the best possible version of a Penta Moxley match. Because if, as I suspect, Tony Khan's looked in that picture and went, well. <laughs> John Moxley's going to bust you open. That's going to be great. I'm going <laughs> to have a bit of that for me. Then it needs to be as good as possible. Um, I think John Moxley's going to win. <laughs> but I would like... This could potentially be his last defense before full gear, or one of the last ones. Or one nice, great match, great memory, and indeed iconic visual to remember, and to, in fact, reward John Moxley for everything he's done in this sort of... The best... Possible version of a Steve Bruce Allardyce figure. <laughs> the caretaker manager, only good. Yeah, he does know the club inside out. He knows wrestling inside out. So that should be great. But yeah, hyped for this. But my God, that promo. They did something. Just uh, again, this is a tangent. Um, did you see the way they set up Orange Cassidy versus Roosh versus 10? Yeah. It was in the Daily's Players Bar. And Roosh and 10 are having this incredibly artificial conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see this? No. Orange Cassidy pops up from behind the bar, says, I won this in Canada. And it's quite a funny deadpan. And then he says, I want to defend it against both of you because I'm a babyface idiot all of a sudden, which, <laughs> which I hated. And then in what he thought was a vaguely cute gag, the camera just panned to the side and Tony Khan was at the bar all along and he mimicked Cassidy's deadpan and went, yeah, book it. And it was like a really cute way of doing something. And I think they're trying to be cute with this, but you don't do cute with this. It's Penta versus Mox. Yeah. Don't do cute. Do violence, do a heat angle. Don't just do a match as well. It, I understand they don't want to be tied to the ranking system. I don't want them to not do that, but they don't want to do it. You've got to come up with better than this as an alternative, lads, because that is piss poor. It is piss poor, and this is not to excuse it, because I laughed at this, and then I showed you it, and you laughed at it. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how Penta slides into shot, and he's in, like, the Joker variant of his gear. So he looks very colourful and very silly in the emptiest you've ever seen in the Daily's Place car park since the pandemic itself. And it's <laughs> like, of all the one wrestler that was still in the building, it was him. And he wasn't even booked on the shirt. No, <laughs> he just turned up for that. But the cuteness, a bit as Cedric sort of describes with that, where one thing is there to obscure the other... What if the cuteness is to obscure that tonight you do get bloodthirsty Penta and he, as good as, breaks John Moxley's arm as used to be his wont in Lucha oh, Underground yeah. to set up the salt of the earth stuff. MJF working the arm in the main event and wrenching back on Moxley's and Moxley has to wrestle in a bandaged up arm and MJF can still say he's earning it, but there's the big target the whole way through. Like maybe Penta, you're supposed to be fooled a little, not you're supposed to be fooled. This was a bad segment, this is a bad setup, but while we're in it, 
It's like, well, nobody's really taking it seriously. Of course, John Moxley's going to win, and he still wins. But you have been wrong-footed into thinking that Penta's just here for a bit of a knockabout dynamite match, and instead we get the most evil Penta there is, and he, like, you see that arm get folded backwards, and Moxley's in trouble. I like that. Additional complaint. <laughs> <laughs> the Lucha Brothers have been a little bit cross with Pack of late. Yes. For the way he cheats and wants to use a hammer in his matches. Don't do that. We do things a fair way in Death Triangle. I was going to kill John Moxley by bare hands and bloody him and probably cheat a little bit in the match because I have to play a situational heel because he's a more popular baby face. This when people say, AEW's good, very good at times, but it's a bit of a complete mess, actually. <laughs> this is what they're talking about. We do things I the mean, fair way in Death Triangle. Yes. That's funny. <laughs> they might not. They might just do a baby face, baby face match yeah. and it's going to be nowhere near as good as the visual looked like in AAA. Got, got a, a, Either not, way, it's bad. Not, not, a, great, not a physically impossible spot, but a physical spot that they should not do. Mm. But uh, I was inspired by watching the UFC over the weekend because I think yeah, one, one of the most badass things I've seen. I'm not a fan of TJ Dillashaw by any stretch of the imagination. He's a drug cheat. He shouldn't have been fighting in the UFC, if I'm perfectly honest. He took EPO, uh, and he, this is his first fight back at the weekend. He's in a title fight because, of course, he bloody is. It's like every, it's like wrestling now. Uh, yeah, bollocks, you can have a title shot. <laughs> he won fights. No, 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 we don't need that. But in the fight itself and subsequently we found out in the lead up to the fight, he had constantly been dislocating his arm, dislocating his shoulder. Like he'd, he'd pop out. And in the middle of the fight, well, not in the middle of the fight, first, first beginning of the fight, he gets taken down to the floor. He puts his arm out to break his fall as he gets taken down. Boom, shoulder pops out. And he's literally there just yanking at his arm, trying to pop it back into place. And I don't like him, like I say, but it's one of the most badass things I've ever seen. And yeah. literally, between rounds, his, his corner were like, it, bup, yep, it's back oh. in now. And then he came out and was just like, well, I'm going to have to try and swing for the finish because my arm's going to be popping out again because once it happens once. It's, like, if you're going to do that spot that you do, you mentioned there with Penta and Mox, how badass from Mox would be like, yep, no, I'm fine, let's keep going. And then just, yeah, death rider him and win the match. But like you say, open up that opportunity for MJF Who won? down the line. Uh, the the uh, Aljamain Sterling, who's yeah. fighting. <laughs> he just went, because he went, oh, just swing, swing. Well, I'll take you down again. Your shoulder popped out again. Right? I'm just going to keep punching you in the face. You uh, have popped out again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I really like that as a as a way to at least weave this into, like you say, the yes, path to full gear. I like that. Just quickly, the cash in has happened. Because I did see a bit of um, fantasy booking last week on Twitter. Not mine or anything like that, but just that, well, what if MJF last week was telling a lie? We didn't hand in anything over us. This yeah. is it. Is it like, could he... Could they, they've could made the match graphic. They've made... The, right, so yeah. that suggests that, look, the contract's been signed and everything. And they're probably, after the punk thing, they probably wouldn't try that experiment again because it was a bad one. <laughs> yes. So like, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a pay few match just to sell, sell yeah. match. Yeah. We are going to hear from MJF tonight as well, aren't we? That's promised. It's good politics from Mox. He knew something was up, man. He's the smartest. He's the most, like, savvy operator. He knew something was up. And I was like, I'm going to squash this asshole. <laughs> you know that promo he cut where he was like, uh, enjoy CM Punk where we got him. Like he knew weak what, body, he, weak mind. He knew what was up. Champion. He knew what was up, and he politicked the finish. Whereas, like, right, I'll squash you for five minutes, and I'll do the job. Like, I'm a big deal here, so that's what I want to happen. He knew what was up. It's the best. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna hear from MJF as well tonight, obviously. But why yeah. wouldn't you? Well, two, yeah, two weeks before the pay per view, wherever it is, it's gonna be one of them nights where it's it's really hard. MJF's a fantastic like, weekly television character, and we had this a lot in the CM Punk feud. Not every single week can be the greatest thing you've ever seen. But one of his one of the many things that makes him such a generational talent and a genius at this is that he doesn't make you feel let down. It's, there's not that feeling of, oh, couldn't really follow that thing with Regal last week. There can't be those every week. That's a 10. 
you haven't got tens every week, and nor should you because the storages wouldn't feel natural. So I don't expect anything quite as dramatic as what we got last week because it wasn't just a regal thing, was it? Yeah, the big finish. They, they were building, regardless of what was happening with Hangman, they cut back to the skybox and he was gone. So the, the angle was going to happen yes. in some fashion, whether or not it had to play out awkwardly as a result of the Hangman thing. So I think this week you lean on MJF's words from the end of last week's Dynamite. Like, Tony Schiavone interviews him, and he doesn't deck him, and he says, I've thought nonstop about what Regal said back to me, and that was why I was motivated to show him, to show him and show everybody else that I can try. And you get a week, what is it, two weeks for the pay-per-view? Three, uh, three, this is, we've got three Dynamites, including this one. That's long enough then, I suppose, but you get to learn a little bit more about this version of the MJF character that is going to try. Well, let's look at this guy for three weeks. Plus, you can have a little neg at Jericho being like, you don't have to lay hands on you know, people all the time. Yeah. Because of what he did to Jerry Lynn last week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, quite nice. Um, he tweeted his old presidential promo that went down really well at the time, but even then we're a bit like, it's a bit fluffy this for MJF, John Moxley. And he tweeted just that video with no comment the other day. And I thought it was interesting that he wanted people to look at that because this is what MJF does. What from that should we be taking into what we're going to see for the next two weeks? He's not going to presidential campaign at this time. It's for This is for real. Here's a question that nobody nobody's really asking, which is suboptimal, but how do the firm factor into this? I was just about to ask you that, yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know if they're going to try and do this elaborate ruse where it feels like, oh, I just don't need us anymore than MGF. He put them on their on his last warning, didn't he? He said that in yeah. the interview interruption. So I'm thinking, like, are they going to do some kind of... Uh, it's just, just uh, every time I try and think of something like this and downplay my enjoyment of the feud, because you have to temper your expectations. You think John Moxley wouldn't stand for this. The John Moxley babyface character wouldn't stand there and watch on as MJF sort of concocts this ruse with a firm where it's like, oh, I'm going to pretend that we're feuding so that you won't see it coming when you interview in the main event at full gear. But there's a firm element. Uh, it's my WWE brain mm. where they constantly make babyfaces look like dickheads. Look at Johnny Gargano. What a Ugh. dickhead. What a <laughs> dickhead he looks. They're obsessed with it. Because they've been obsessed with it so long that it just colours my perception of what pro wrestling is outside of the company even. So I can't see Mox doing anything of the sort. Mm. I don't know, but the firm will be involved at some point. Um, it's very unpredictable, this. Mm. Very, very, very unpredictable, and I love it as a result, but WWE brain still scares me, still a part of me, and I do worry that they are going to try and pull the wool over John Mox's eyes when the guy never blinks with stuff like this. That's why I think it's going to end up being Regal or even maybe like Wheelie Uter or something. Uh, someone mm. from within that Moxley wouldn't feel like he would have to. That's how you fold your Moxley, yeah. isn't it? Like Omega's grand plan has to be that grand, otherwise Moxley's not falling for anything. It's all, like, I'm, again, this is going to be a really fun show to preview full game because hopefully now it doesn't feel like they're focused on it until last week. And it only feels like now with the build to the pay-per-view is actually starting. Yeah. There's three weeks left. There's no real time to F anything up. Mm. I should say as well, bit of an obvious thing to say, but I'll say it regardless. Obviously, our thoughts uh, and, uh, and and feelings go out to uh, to Hangman Page as part of his recovery. I think it's just a concussion from what I've seen, but obviously it was a, a horrific uh, series of events in, in last week's Dynamite. Just to reiterate, we're not downplaying the significance of a concussion. No, no, no. At the time, it felt like he could be paralyzed. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the words that when I watched, even though I knew what had happened at the time, the way Moxie was like, I hope he can... Walk and talk. Walk and talk and spend time Taz with his was kids. having PTSD from when he broke his neck in the ring. He looked really shell-shocked by it. But yes, uh, get well soon, uh, Hangman Page. But like we say, it's a stacked card for tonight's Dynamite, Sige. Uh, yeah. Uh, what a match this is. Brian Danielson versus Sammy Guevara. Um, Catharsis out the ass. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you see this one playing out? Danielson's going to kick the f***ing shit. 
shit out of him <laughs> for 12 minutes. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. It's going to be immensely rewarding. It's going to be absolutely brilliantly worked. There's going to be some dickhead facial expressions from Sammy Guevara, who is detestable enough in himself, and yet when he gets one over on Brian in the context of the match, he is going to lap that up. He's a brilliant heel. Yeah, this is going to be absolutely fantastic. The only thing that can save this from being just a joyous pro wrestling experience is the placement of an ad break. This doesn't feel like an opener or a closer, and I hope they don't say, oh, it's Danielson. He can do interesting stuff in the ad breaks. I really think this has got potential um, as like a blow-away match and not just a very, very, very good Danielson match with a great dynamic. Um, Yeah, watching Sammy Guevara getting his head kicked in, joy. It's going to be professional wrestling joy, and Brian Danielson's going to administer it. Danielson needs a win as well. Yeah, he does. He'll get one here, obviously. Um, it did feel like they were building to Danielson and uh, Garcia for full gear, which is going to be fantastic. So, of course, it makes sense that Danielson would work. Through. That's where Sammy Guevara is now, isn't he? He's there to be beaten within the JAS to set up other things for other members of the group. Three uh, years ago as well, he was doing this. But interestingly, as a result of that, because he still feels a bit like three years ago Sammy Guevara... It's just interesting to think of 2019 Brian Danielson versus 2019 Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Like, you don't always, like, we've complained a lot about Danielson's usage at times within AEW. He's very selfless, and he doesn't feel like a guy that will be campaigning to be in a main event spot all the time, even though AEW could absolutely use him as one. And yet, there are still, he's still got loads of, I don't want to say WWE stink, because he never stunk of it, but he's got loads of WWE on him, and you get that when you see him paired against a Hangman Page or a Sammy Guevara. It's like, oh, yeah. Like, this was just never going to happen. And now look where he is and look what he's doing. And I find it quite bizarre that they've preserved that in him. He's been in that company 12 months. Mm-hmm. Brian's very w- special. Yeah, he's a, sp- he's a special talent across the board. And this feels like, it's again, if I said to you, Brian Danielson versus Powerhouse Hobbs, it would be the same feeling. It's like, whoa, never thought this kind of match would happen. So I'm more interested in just seeing these two collide in a way that I just didn't imagine they would. Like it's it's a cool thing, and I didn't think that specialness existed with these all these new wrestlers come in, and the specialness wears away so quickly, mm. and it hasn't done with Danielson. Got a uh, little bit of booking for you. Is it physically impossible? No, for once it's not. But you can call me a flipping mark if if you think that this is. I've gone a bit too, you know. I've, I, I stayed out of discourse for a week on on social media. When I was on holiday, and it was the best week I've had all year, pretty much. <laughs> um, but all the, oh, you know, should they reference WWE? Should they not? Blah, blah, blah. Vice versa for, for uh, WWE referencing AEW, et cetera, et cetera. But it does feel like an open goal that they get in the ring, they square up, the bell rings, Sammy Guevara goes, oh, just one second. Tay jumps up on the apron, a la AJ Lee at WrestleMania. Little oh, kid. So good. Straight into so the good. knee. Near fall, not the finish, but a nice little... Brilliant. Homage. I love that so much, Willborn, that I'm going to be annoyed when it, if it doesn't happen. <laughs> that's, the, that's the best endorsement I can get. 2019. You've redeemed yourself from the start of this podcast. <laughs> 2019 through to 2021 AEW would either do that or something even better that none of us called. That used to be the standard with mm. which you could hold it to. That's brilliant. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. 
but what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. And now let's talk about uh, another great match on tonight's show, Sige. A match we've seen before, but I'm more than happy to see again. Riho and Jamie Hayter. Oh, my God. Glad I didn't press the other button there. <laughs> <laughs> Turn into Jim Ross. It, it, it feels simple to, <laughs> to boil this down to, to one move. But the moment Riho returned and there's Jamie Hayter and Rebel, the moment I watched that, I was like, right, Hayter, roll to the outside. That's it, right? Yeah. Up you go, because we all know what the best spot is, because Jamie Hayter sells that crossbody um, from the top, from, the top from, from Riho like it's the death blow. Oh, to wake up tomorrow morning, cup of tea, watch Dynamite, hop onto Twitter.com and laugh with a lot of mirth at people concerned trolling over Riho safety. <laughs> that's how that's how dangerous I want this to look. <laughs> that's how impactful I want this to look. I want Riho to look like she doesn't stand a chance against this powerhouse and in her absolutely brilliant, inimitable way, just start to really start to really get something behind those forearms to the chest as it goes on and on and then she just goes crazy and decides to just go full ham. She's so good at building that element of her storytelling. Look, the only problem with this match, when it first happened, late last year, I believe, is that the crowd didn't care about the women's division and anyone in it except Britt Baker. They are making small gains, nothing to shout about, I'm not doing cartwheels, but they are making small gains and getting people over. And it's I'm watching on with a detached bit of praise not with my full heart or anything like that. That would be stupid. We, we've learned from this company not to do that. But Jamie Hayt is very, very over. Riho has always been over in most markets. Um, was it Long Island last year they had the match? I'll Google it. Google it because uh, those fans suck. <laughs> apart, from the, apart from the ones who listen to this podcast. Yeah, because yeah. they are, who, who happen to be from Long Island. That's- because that's... That's why they did the MJF Punk stuff, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, it was great. The rest of the crowd wasn't particularly hot. Um, just waiting for Adam Wilbur. Sorry. Uh, Dynamite 114. Elmont, New York. Long El- Island. Elmont. What was this? Like- the Dynamite Dun- doesn't battle Royal there. Yeah, Dynamite Diamond Ring. Yeah, Elmont is Long Island, asshole. Yeah. And, uh, Sorry. So their fans just are traditionally not big wrestling sort of. It's not big strongholds. Like, it's in New York. Yay! It's actually Long Island. Oh, shit. <laughs> so basically, I think that might have something to do with it. And Tony Khan's dismally apathetic approach to women's wrestling. <laughs> time. This is going to be an awesome dynamic. 
unbelievably sympathetic. Should you actually be wrestling? You're a bit small. <laughs> oh, actually, you should because you're amazing. That's how I would describe Rio versus <laughs> the host killing machine that is Jamie Hayter. Just the way that, you know, Rio's bridging pin escape when she transforms yeah. herself into the shape of an N. That, but over and Jamie Hayter's knee. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So that should be great. And there should be some elusive heat to it. I don't want to get anyone unduly excited. This could be one of the better women's matches in Dynamite history if it gets enough time. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, isn't it? Whether it's going to be given time and where it's going to be placed on the card. We'll obviously do our predictions uh, in a second. Uh, <laughs> it's weird when Rio came back. Normally, you know, I don't know if for some reason I'm thinking of Dean Ambrose returning when he was, you know, shaved his head and it was his mm. last go basically in WWE and he came back and we're like, Jesus, he looks jacked. Rio came back and she's there with, you know, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter and I was like, she gone smaller, <laughs> but like you say, that she tells a brilliant story. I love obviously the physical chemistry that we know already exists between these two and the potential of this match. I'm really impressed with the like the overlapping stories that they're starting to tell. Maybe not stories is a bit generous, but that's where my optimism for the women's division is coming from at the moment. I can easily see because let's just say Soraya and Britt Baker's on the whiteboard for full gear. Like, and that's not unreasonable at this point, I would say. If well, fairly certain it is, yeah. yeah. And that's so that's gonna be a match that isn't for a title. So there's a step in the right direction because that's a third elusive a story for a story's sake mm. women's match on a pay-per-view with two massive stars in it as well. Like It's the right match if you're going to have one that hasn't got a belt in it. But in the meantime, they've brought Rio in in possibly the best way because this Jamie Hayter match should be tremendous. Jamie Hayter should win. Uh, then, based on Tony Storm's delight at Rio being back last week, you could probably do Rio and Tony Storm versus Hayter and Britt next week and Hayter and Britt lose. So Jamie Hayter on her own, wins, no trouble. She's hard as nails. She's getting over with Britt Baker. All of a sudden, she's reminded that Britt Baker is kind of dragging her down just as so she stopped winning the title at the last pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. This all builds to this nice crescendo with Britt Baker and Soraya where maybe we get the Hayter. Hayter's, you know, got some sort of kinship with Soraya and she, that's where you get some... British, aren't they? We're, yeah. all, we're all friends over here. Um, I've got friends in Luton. I've got friends in Sheffield. <laughs> and I've got friends in Yeovil. Great thing about this island, like I've always said to you boys, great thing about this island is it's smaller than every American state. So it would make <laughs> sense that we're all living on the same street, basically. Um, that's where you get some big dramatic pay for your baby face turn, and you've just folded all these things together quite nicely. Um, I just loved how happy Tony Storm was to see Riho when recently we've seen her less than thrilled with Soraya and uh, Thunder Rose specifically. It's like, there's, there's that baby face. It's like super earnest and cool. You, sh you can see who she likes and dislikes and who she wants to work with. <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Oh, well, one last thing to do then. Oh, who do you think is going to win, sorry? I think uh, Jamie Hayer. Jamie Hayer. Nathan Frater. Before we move on, though. It's time to play the game. And what game is that, Michael Sidgwick? Well, the game is. And hopefully we are another step this week to retiring it all together because Jamie Hayer can have an actual match on top of the token women's match because she's so over and that's the point. That's what it should all be leading towards. But until that day, we do have to play the game. And the game, <laughs> of course, is called Well, This Is Ladies Night and I'm thinking no word in Nate. And basically, the premise of the game is every week, it's usually one hour like 24 minutes. <laughs> we want to nail the hour, minute, and second that you hear the first women wrestler of the one women's wrestling match, their theme tune. That's real. And the fact that we come too close every week is an indictment of AEW's tokenistic approach to women's wrestling. So we want to. Don't know why I went Irish. 
<laughs> so we want to continue through the vehicle of satire to remind people AW still too apathetic and obligatory mm-hmm. about this. Uh, women's match was in the first hour last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Remember rightly? I can't remember last week's Dynamite because it was more than a week ago because it was on the <laughs> Tuesday. I've Were it? Were it? It was title week, wasn't it? So I think it was. Um, wasn't it? What was it last week? Was it the tag? Yes. No, it was, no, title, it was, it was title, title Tuesday. Title Tuesday. The title, it was Sheeda versus Storm. Oh, yeah. That was and first then hour. Then you had, yeah. then you had uh, obviously, Soraya, and then obviously, yeah, Riho. Uh, I, I, we have got an opening as well, I should point out. Adam Blair, a.k.a. Adam Wilton, uh, who normally does all the data, data for this. Data. The it's data, data asshole. <laughs> Uh, is uh, is out of the loop for the next couple of weeks. The Silicon Valley data crunchers. He is uh, it's a softball team. We're playing Tuesdays and Saturdays. He is uh, come join us for practice. Out of uh, practice, come it's to practice. practice. <laughs> Asshole. That commission for a couple of weeks. So there is an opening for a person to to do the admin for this because we won't be doing it. Um, <laughs> pull the data together. But who said do you want to go first? You never get to go first. It seems. I was losing. <laughs> <laughs> I think right. Okay, I'm trying to get in my head how you it's. Told me that, just yeah, talk yeah, yeah, through. Uh, yeah, yeah. I try <laughs> to, to format the show in my head to talk see. How that I don't, I'm going to. I just need to work out in my head how it's going to go because let's have a look at there and um, probably main event like Chris Jericho to go in the main event because he gets the numbers and he's probably got the most chance of retention. They trust FTR to open, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, boom, let's go, Ignite. Number five guy, gonna flash your light. Boom, let's go, Ignite. Light of fuse. Ring the boom. Dynamite. Ooh, that's a pyro. It's Wednesday night. You know what that means. Oh. Oh, that's Penner, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jobbox is like, Penner Jobbox, he opens. And then it's uh, Danielson and... Uh, uh, no, 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 no. One hour. We've got it. <laughs> One hour. The process. One hour. 21 minutes and 21 seconds. I like that. I like that. Do you want to go? Next? I, I just... Can we go next? Like, bored Jim Ross... Singing the lyrics to the dynamite theme tune just pops me everything. Yeah, <laughs> like it's how we would. Jim, do you want to record your own vocals? I don't fucking have to. I don't even like this show anymore. I'll go because in Rio, I'm in, I counted up in Rio, and I managed to fold. So there's Britt Baker, obviously, Jamie here, then you've got Soraya, then you've got Tony Storm. In Rio, they managed to get like a fifth person in this hand. Can wow. you believe that? So I'm gonna go with one, two, three, four, five, one hour. 23 minutes, 45 seconds. Wow. I think, oh, will it go in in the first hour? So you think Moxie, Moxie Penner main event? No, you said Moxie Penner's I, woke. I think, I think it's the It's the closest you're going to get to the CM Punk Adam Cole doubler of 2021, I think. What? FTR in the opener. Ah. in the Midnight Express. Actually. So I think Moxley Penta may main event. Uh I think it'll be given plenty of time. But I'm hoping that this will be given plenty of time as well. So uh, what do I think starts the second hour? So opens with... A bit warm in here. 
It is a bit. It's, well, it's weltering, it's, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit close. <laughs> uh, a bit muggy. So I think maybe the top of the second hour is Jericho. <laughs> I like it warm, but not this warm. One. Eighteen. Twenty. <laughs> I want to go with for that. I hope they get given like you know a good fifteen minutes and then main yeah. event time. I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on. I've written it down as eighteen twenty. That ain't gonna. No. <laughs> it may though after last week. Fingers crossed. You know what I haven't had in a while? That's a feud between the Blackpool Combat Club and Jericho <clears throat> Appreciation Society. It's been a whole uh, eight days since I've seen something like that. Yeah. But it continues tonight. Wheeler Ewan sure Claudio does. versus Chris Jericho and Daniel Garcia. Please can it be over soon? <laughs> we got the there were more overt with it last week. I still think it, that segment under delivered actually. But Renee sat down mm. with uh, Danielson and Utah, and we got it was made clearer than it was. But we'd spotted it because AEW was still telling stories that Utah was understandably a bit pissed off that Brian was just so buzzed that he like was best mates with Daniel Garcia now. Like what am I, jab liver? I never know. If that, <laughs> never know if I'm applying that correctly. It's a weird phrase. I've never been able to. What am I, chop liver? I don't know. Are you chop liver? <laughs> I don't know. Google it. But um, please. But you certainly felt like chop liver, and he walked. I think. <laughs> but he still mates with Claudio. There was this implication that there's a bit of division in the BCC, and it's about. It's not just you getting pissed off. It's like me and him are just cracking on having tag matches. Why Danielson are you so in love with Danny Garcia? So I think this week you're going to see uh, unity between the BCC. But they'll lose. They'll lose anyway. Daniel Garcia needs this win. He is getting Danielson. Uh, Jericho will see this is a perfect opportunity. Like, am I the most flexible and brilliant tag guy in the business? At my age, I, I can't be, can I? Surely not, because like, the sex gods are brilliant. And I'm kind of great with Hager, and I'm great with you too. This is so weird. I didn't see it coming either. <laughs> but it's going to happen. Like, So yeah, I think they win. And Utah's descent with the group in general moves from Danielson to a little bit. There's a miscommunication because we like everything's fine at the start of the match. Mm-hmm. But then obviously Utah has grown more and more pissed off with his place within the group while everybody's talking about how great Daniel Garcia is. Because he has got this plausible deniability from their Ring of Honor feud of, I know that you're this. And I would have said it all along, but nobody was listening to me. So that if and when he turns, it feels justified. I don't, I'll, I'll be a bit cynical towards Jericho, but I quite like what they're doing here. It's the most interested I've been in this never ending war between the two stables in quite a while. Because Uta's, that you can play Uta as a bit of a wild card in the whole thing. Chop liver is a side dish, which is why yeah. it, it implies frustration and anger at being ignored on a social level. Because you're not the, you're not the man. You're just some side dish. What am I, chop liver? So he is chop liver. Chop liver. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not sure whether I want to say this or not because I don't want to overload the commentary booth with like twenty people or whatever. But maybe just for this match, we could have the usual three. One side, William Regal. Other side, Daddy Magic. And how about we just let them have a chat? Yeah. yeah. Great. This is so weird, right? I don't know what the full gear match or matches of JAS versus BCC look like. I'm not entirely sure I care that much. I'm not sure in my head there's a ranking order of which one. I would love to see that. It's a shame they'd go in that direction. That, to me, indicates I don't care. I do like this latest twist that the tale has taken of late, but ultimately the whole thing's dragged on too long. How could he possibly care about pro wrestling versus sports? I suppose from a character point of view, if you're Brian Danielson, right, and you're playing 
Brian Danielson. We know Daniel Bryan likes WWE, which makes it all a bit weird. But if you're Danielson, you can be on screen as your character, care deeply about the sanctity of pro wrestling. That's why you left. You want to be better again. They care about it more. The characters care about it, I think, way more than I do at this point. I don't really care what the full gear match looks like. You could and buy him one in the pure title. Yeah, and it's the same thing. Danielson with the pure title. It's beneath him. He should be challenging for the AW World title again, yeah. regardless. Um, this match should be good. I like the story without loving it. It's all very good. So you know when there's a band or an artist and you're like, I know why people hold them in such reverence. I personally don't get it. That's kind of where, where I'm at Arcade with Fire for me. The debut was fantastic. Yeah, first album's tremendous. Yeah, I like Neon Bible more after seeing it live, but I, I didn't get it until then. Yeah. Who's that band for me? Who's that artist for me? That I thought, you know what? This is sacrilege. Particularly since I just fell in love with an album that is heavily inspired by his work. I never got the massive erection for Scott Walker. Yeah, well, He's one of the most critically acclaimed musical artists of all time. And I just think it's good. Rolling Stones. I I like them, but obviously I like them. Objectively, there's loads of cool tunes, but I couldn't care less for them as a band. I wouldn't pay the exorbitant amount to go and see yeah. them while they're all still alive or whatever, and uh, I, I don't know anything beyond the singles, that kind of thing. I feel like Scott Walker, Scott Four. <laughs> I feel like one of these days, I'll give it another spin of thing. I get it now, but I've tried. Yeah, yeah. it's, like, it's something that's objectively good and worthy, and they're doing some nice twisting storytelling with uh, Wheeler, uh, Wheeler, Wheeler and Garcia, and the action's always very strong, but uh, just uh, it's leaving us a little bit... Mm. JS to win. Probably. I say Henry K wins or loses at any point because you know there's going to be several more iterations <laughs> yeah. of this feud involving different people. So at this point, does it matter that much? There's a pecking order thing with the BCC as well. Like when it was with Moxley and Claudio and Rampage. Yeah. Well, they've got to win because Moxley's in the team. But if yeah, it's yeah. instead of Moxley, you could, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, uh, Michael Sidgwick, FTR finally going to get a title shot. Uh, they're, they're putting on their number one contendership on the line against Swerve and Our Glory. Tonight. You know what I like about this, and I may be leaving myself open to accusations of being hypocrite. I don't like it when you're not going to get a clean finish, the bloody hard as nails, dickhead heel, just wins, or the baby face prevails, and that's great. I don't think we're getting that tonight. But if you're going to do a match where there's going to be some kind of shenanigans involved, at least pile up the options through the vehicle of deft dovetailing storytelling, which I would kind of say this is adjacent to, at least load up the plate with things that could happen. So I'm not just saying, oh, yeah, yeah, Riddle's going to interfere in Seth Rollins' match, is he? <laughs> <laughs> well, 16 minutes, so any minute now, 19, yeah, 19 minutes on Raw. <laughs> there are three things that could happen here that they've built towards that could pile on the drama. One, the Gun Club versus FTR. That was a tease direction. They've teased it a couple of times. Have they stealthily dropped it to inform the finish here, mm. or have they forgotten about it? That hangs heavy in the titty in the drama of this match. <laughs> Ditto the kingdom. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, and the idea that Swerve and Keith could break up at any moment. So there's three outside factors that could influence the finish here, which I'd much prefer to one. I prefer zero, to be perfectly honest. But if you you can't do zero, don't do one, do more than one. That's the magic rule. The magic number. Several ma- magic numbers. Every 
number other than one. <laughs> Swerve's paid off the firm, I think, and obviously via the guns being linked to FTR, and Keith Lee doesn't want any of this, but the ends have justified the means because they've got their title shot. And he was like, well, I, I will let that one go, but we better win these belts back because you've just sold our souls and all mm-hmm. the rest. And I think, he's, I think Swerve's sorted the firm out for the night, and it's not just the guns, but obviously the guns are the ones that are going to lead the attack because yeah, of yeah. the FTR match. That's where I think this goes. I agree. I think I think Swerve and our glory are victorious here, but FTR is going to have somewhere to go rather than just, oh, we're not normal contenders for this anymore. I mean, they've got a lot of directions to go considering all the belts they could be defending, but still. Uh, I also think because of what happened previously with FTR and them hitting a finish on a big lad, big rig, Keith Lee in this match for me. Yeah. Yeah. Break it up, though. Yeah. Do you want to waste it for a near fall? Yeah. Swerve, Swerve comes in and kicks him yeah. in the head. But, uh, yeah, I feel like we got we got one more go around for Swerve versus the Acclaimed, haven't you? Swerve in our glory, I mean. Yes, and... Like you would hope, it's more the standard of the first one, so that it's remembered, like with the reverence it deserves. But maybe the the second match didn't necessarily preserve it. It was nice of a nicer moment than it was a match. So I'd like to see the third, the best, like the two out of three falls, be the best of both. I think. Yeah. Well, there we have it. Let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Dynamite tonight on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch. They can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Still time to get your orders in for Christmas for Michael Sidgwick's brilliant book all about AEW. What's it called again? Well, it's 120,000 passionate and insightful words all about the formation and indeed rise of um, AEW. Hence why it's called Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. Available on... uh, on Amazon, wherever you live. <laughs> I love, I love, by the way, it's on Amazon, wherever you live at this point. It's not like that we don't have them in the Watco traffic because they sold out DS. Yeah. Sold out DS. I love it. It's October 27th, uh, like tomorrow, and you're like, hey, get your order in time for Christmas off Amazon that delivers the next day. You should be saying that now up to December. Yeah, yeah, get your order in time for Halloween. <laughs> or, well, you're going to get in time for Halloween. Can read all about the spooky tale of the Nightmare Collective. <laughs> Twenty nineteen was very much the trick before the treat. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Adam Wilbur. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from for daily wrestling. Can you make podcasts. it dressed up? And it really devalued him. Undertale. <laughs> RPG, I think. Uh, pissed off a lot of people. It really yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> skeleton and denim. Some stupid, boring, turn-based bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Sending you into the shadow realm, mate. <laughs> Is it even game, Kenny, if you're taking turns? I'm not so sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. for Street Fighter. That's a game. <laughs> what culture you actually hit people with buttons. <laughs> what culture is it where we get your podcast from? Our NXT. It was a video package that was worse than the outfit. Like, it went on for like two hours. He's like, yeah. Undertale. Where's, uh, where's Battle Cry? No, no, no. That's not the music. It's Undertale. <laughs> what the f- is this? Uh, yeah, check out our NXT review from earlier on today. It's good. Um, yep. couple of good. couple of good uh, voicemails on that one. Yeah, indeed. We've not even considered this is the Halloween Dynamite. There's previous with Halloween Dynamite. These wrestlers love to have fun. Like, will they be allowed this year? <laughs> on Halloween? Let go of all your brain. <laughs> Sorry, wrong button. I am Sidgwick. I'm uh, not I'm Will Ball. What good dressing? Wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll be back tomorrow to review this show, of course. Uh, but for now, it's been the Dynamite Preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 